Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our last topic, marketing for small business owners, and it was informative. If you're unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Chris Latham is a certified financial planner working in Long Beach, California. Chris started working in finance in 1995 and started his own financial practice in 2004. He's had great success through organic growth and honest practice methods. Chris's clientele ranges from school district faculty to business owners and entrepreneurs. He has a personal relationship with each of his clients and has many second generation clients. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Candy. Appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to have you. I know today will be a great topic that we will be discussing and retirement planning and all of that. But before I actually ask any questions I have for you, I would love for you to tell me just a little bit more about yourself and how did you even get into financial planning? Uh, good question. I mean, I've, I've always uh, been good with numbers and money and just kind of understanding how it all fits together. And I've also had a, just my whole life, I've kind of been one of those people that, uh, that like to listen and help, help others. So, you know, as a little kid, people would come to me with, with questions and help them through, you know, how to, how to save money from their lemonade stand or whatever it is. I just kind of morphed morphed from there. And um, yeah, I eventually got into college and took some finance class, economics classes. And I'm like, that's, that's home. I love this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I can make a difference doing something I love. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's great. Well, I do want to start talking about, you know, again, the retirement planning. And my first question is, what are some of the common barriers that people have when they're deciding deciding to start a financial plan? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think most 
it's like anything else. Most people don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. uh, their parents didn't have financial plans. They don't teach financial planning or money management in school. They'll teach English and, and math and history and all that stuff, but nothing about how to save money, how to budget, how to manage your money. Um, and it just, it's a rabbit hole. People don't know where to start and, and it's, you know, it's, it's scary. I, I know it can be complicated and, and, and overwhelming, but it just doesn't have to be though. Well, I see the same thing, obviously working with entrepreneurs and many of them have started businesses because they have a talent, but they hadn't learned, you know, the finance and how to manage money and things like that too. So it's difficult, whether it's personal or in business. So I'm sure people appreciate having certified financial planners such as yourself to help. Sure. Yep. So I would love to then ask you, are there certain areas that every good financial plan should cover regardless of how complex the plan actually is? Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest with you, everybody has the same, the same issues. Some are gonna be more complex, mm -hmm. whether you're 20 years old or 80 years old, or you, you're starting off with a thousand dollars, or you've already, you know, you're at the hundred million dollar level. It's all kind of the same chassis think about it that way. I mean, everybody has, um, you know, five, five main things that we focus on and that is we call them the, the ways to wealth. So making smart money decisions. Uh, how do you, how do you go about investing money? You know, what are the things you need to be concerned about? You know, risk fees and taxes. Those are things that, that you have some control over. You can't control, uh, you know, things like the, you know, the economy or politically, socially, those types of aspects, but, uh, you can control how you're investing your money. Uh, number two is you want to focus on minimizing taxes. Uh, we all have to pay our fair share, but you want to make sure you're not paying more than you have to. Uh, taking care of the heirs, that's number three. Uh, estate planning, so trusts, wills, power of attorney. A lot of people think, well, that's that's for the, I've got to be you know, super wealthy to even bother with that. That's not true. That applies to everybody. Uh, it's just making sure that your what you have if something were to happen to you that's being taken care of properly. Uh, number four is going to be protecting the assets. So it's going to be the insurance types of, of plans. Whether it's life insurance, disability, long-term care insurance, uh, these are things that are there to protect against a, a major incident that could mm -hmm. you know, seriously derail your, your financial future. And number five is, uh, it doesn't apply to everybody, but magnifying charitable interests. Uh, you want to make sure that the things that you're doing, uh, there's a purpose and a plan to it for you. And in this case, if you're making charitable decisions, you want to do that where it's going to magnify to that charity and also bring a potential financial benefit to you as well. Mm -hmm. So we know, too, during this year, we've seen things going up and down with the economy, you know, oh, yeah. things start oh, yeah. to maybe look a little bit better and then things turn around again. So in terms of financial planning, is it something that needs to be revised, you know, every couple of years based on what's happening or do they make it and it's just there? Yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the fallacy. I think people do a plan and they used in the old days used to get a big book and it would sit <laughs> on the shelf in the in the living room never to be looked at again, uh, but it's it's a fluid moving plan. I mean, everything changes in life. So uh, it's it, it's something that has to be continually looked at, revised. Um, I mean, there, there's times that uh, maybe nothing happens for, nothing needs to be changed for several years. 
-hmm. and other things uh, happen, occur that literally two months later, something needs to, to be jumped on and taken a look at. So not just real quick, easy things, but, but yeah, you definitely want to, to maintain, maintain that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Looking over everything for you. Well, and sometimes people are afraid to sit down with someone and create, you know, a financial plan. So do you think that's due to the unknown uh, because they want to, you know, be able to keep spending money and not have to necessarily like track what's happening? Like, what would you say are some of those reasons that people might not actually do a financial plan? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both in both those things and in, in all of us, um, you know, we, we all look around and, and look on Facebook and, and look on the TV and everybody's enjoying life, you know, running to, to Hawaii or they've got the big brand new car and, and we don't want to limit ourselves. We want to be able to, to enjoy life. Um, and so, yeah, there's that, that thought that, geez, if I go in and talk to somebody, they're just going to, first thing I do is limit me, you know, put me on a cash flow uh, budget. I love it. I was talking to someone, a referral, a new per, uh, client the other day and, and uh, he and his wife, we're both looking at the, at the screen and said, well, you know, we're not, we're not really budget people. And I was like, well, you know, it, it, that's not the point of, of, you know, I'm not here to tell you and wag my finger and say, you're overspending, you have to stop. Uh, I'm just here to show you what the consequences could be, what the outcome right. may be. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people, they, they want to, to keep doing what they're doing. They're thinking maybe, you know, I'll live my life, enjoy things. And then pretty soon I'll get real serious. So, hmm. you know, financial plan is not about budgeting and stopping you from things. It's just showing you the outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the other thing is the unknown. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what, what do you, what are you going to expect, you know, to go in? Are you going to be talking to someone that, that uh, knows what they're talking about? Are they competent? Um, are you going to go in and, and end up getting sold something? You know, is this a real plan that's going to really benefit you? Or is it just kind of a Trojan horse to, to get, uh, you know, into, into the sales process. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's a little bit of, of all of that. People don't know where to start. It's confusing. It's a rabbit hole. Um, but, but it's something that absolutely has to be done. Mm -hmm. So when you say that you're showing someone the consequences, do you show, you know, like, well, if you invest, you know, this much now and it compounds over, you know, 20 years, you'll end up with this versus if you wait 10 years, this is the difference, you know, that you're going to lose. Do you show, well, you know, paying that $4 a day at Starbucks adds up to be this much. Like, what are some of the examples maybe that you show that impact of not saving or spending? Yeah. So when you're doing a, a financial plan, one of the aspects is going to be a cash flow report. And that is just simply going to take all the information that we have today and, you know, taking a look at, at information in the future, whether it's a, what, what potential social security. Uh, benefits, or maybe there's a pension, um, and just being able to take everything today and project out into the future. And if everything uh, the way it is right now, the spending habits, uh, you know, the the budgets, whatever it is, if everything is on track for an indefinite period of time to to life's end, let's say, uh, then everything's good. But there's been plenty of times where I've had to have difficult talks with people that, that just you can see on on the chart the cash flow uh someone may be uh, in a situation where they're going to run out of money you mm -hmm. know in 20 years maybe they're going to be 76 years old and and that's just too young nowadays mm -hmm. people living longer and i know that's such a cliche my grandma is going to turn 101 just talk to her again today she's going to turn 101 in october so it's real 
We're all mm -hmm. living longer. And we definitely don't want to be living too long or outliving our money. So yeah, I mean, the being able to, to take all the information and and project it and show with some certainty, reasonable certainty, what things are going to look like down the road if you stay on this path. I mean, that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know, and I've heard about you know the cost of in-home care too. If you have an issue, you know, and you need twenty-four-seven care, or you need four hours a day, or whatever, what those costs are even currently, let alone in the future. So, do you also take that type of cost into consideration for you know? you potentially may need this for your family or like, how does that work in terms of planning those types of costs? Absolutely. So we're going to run numerous different scenarios. So a good financial plan. There's a lot of different software out there, a lot of really good ones. Um, and you'd be surprised how well it can calculate things the human brain can't think mm. of or just don't, don't, you know, fit all the numbers together. Um, but yeah, we're going to run a regular cash flow report that shows how things look like look right now given all the information we have and what you look like going out to age 84 age 89 age 100 um, and then we're going to also throw in different scenarios you may be perfectly fine looks like your portfolio at age 90 you're going to have five million dollars house paid mm -hmm. off everything's great um, but what happens if there's a long-term care event like you just said um, you know what what's the potential cost for that to be uh, right now, I mean, you're, you're talking easily seven or eight thousand uh, dollars here in California, um, and and really more, you know, if you want some of the different services. So, what is that going to be twenty years from now? I mean, you're, you're talking maybe double, let's say, unless something you know they get a hold of some of these cost increases. Um, but it's going to be a heck of a lot of money uh, down the road, and and so we want to build in a scenario that shows. Um, you know, your main track, your main cash flow track, what will that look like if there's a long-term care event? What would it look like if inflation elevates and mm -hmm. stays elevated? What will it look like if there is a bear market, you know, stocks like we're doing right now, stocks are down um, quite a bit. You know, we want to take all of those different scenarios and combine. What if there's a premature death? Um, you, you know, th these are all things that, that you'd be surprised things could look just phenomenally well right now, but with a little bit of a hiccup, the picture changes completely. And now mm -hmm. we're in a situation where, geez, you know, you had it made out to age 100. Now you're showing you're running out of money at age 82. Are you comfortable with that? I, I've actually had people that said, mm, yeah, I don't anticipate living past, you know, my mid seventies. I'm like, really? Okay. That's, that's not, that's not cool. But, um, but yeah, I've had a couple of people that said that I don't, I'm not worried about it, but most are. We should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's better to plan to have your money for later and not need it than to think you're not going to need it and then don't have it. You're right. I mean, it is a it's a good balancing act, I think, because again, going back to that that question of you know what do they expect or you know what the unknowns or they want to be people afraid of being put on a budget. You know, again, we we tell everybody the same thing. It's like we want you to enjoy your life today. Well, we want mm -hmm. to be in a situation, have you be able to see it and plan for continuing to enjoy your life next year, 10 years from right. now, 30 years from now. It uh, seems like I, I think I spend half my time chasing people, chasing clients down to say, we need you to spend more money because you have it made. You're almost pretty much bulletproof. We need you to take more vacations. Go enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, you're not here to save every dime you possibly have for, for the mm -hmm. generations down below. 
pass along what, what is left over, but you should be enjoying life too. But yeah, there's, there's quite a few situations where we've got to kind of tell people, here's the outcome, here's what it looks like. It's, it's their decision, but we make recommendations on changes that uh, we can make, whether lowering expenses or, or investing for higher returns with a portion of money, something that's going to help them outlive uh, or have their money outlive them, basically. Mm -hmm. So are financial plans cost effective for the everyday individual? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, not, not all financial plans are, I mean, you hear the numbers, you know, some, some folks are paying $5,000, $10,000 and, and um, it gets, it's pretty pricey, but I mean, just, just for someone starting out, let's say, you know, someone in their, their twenties or thirties, and they just need some help with budgeting or just kind of, you know, overall questions on how do I start? And it can be very cost-effective, you know, a couple hundred dollars, whatever it is. I guess the the question I always pops in my head is, if you don't do this, what's it really mm -hmm. going to cost? So mm -hmm. that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. someone who's listening too, who is maybe you know just young, brand new, married, you know, maybe no children or anything yet too, it's still worth it for them to come in and have a conversation and plan versus saying, well, I don't have a lot right now. So I'll just wait till I'm, you know, 30 or 35 or 40. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, you never want to put off. I mean, it's, it's absolutely something that has to be done. It's not even a, maybe it just has to be done. So again, a financial plan for someone in that, that category, it doesn't have to be super complex, um, but you want to make sure that you're going on the right path, the right direction mm -hmm. to, and doing the things that matter. Um, you don't want to find out that you're way off course, you know, when you're ready to start. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we do it all the time. We talk to, we'll, we'll talk to some of the kids or the grandkids of clients or just, I mean, you know what, I'm here to, I, I just, it's what I love doing and I love being able to help. So I, I pretty much will at least sit down with someone and, and put them on the right track. There may not be a lot of moving parts, but, but you want to make sure they're doing the right thing. Well, I think one thing that they would be, having that maybe someone else doesn't would be college debt, right? If they're coming out of school yeah. and now they're going to have to start looking at how to pay that down, that's one of the considerations that they would have to think through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the first things my, I went through it myself, came out and, and uh, you know, had some, had some debt and just went to it, attacking that and getting it down, down, down as quickly as possible because it's a deficit. You know, mm -hmm. you got to fill that hole up first before you then start to build. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's one of the first things we, we look at is how do we get rid of that, that debt or any debt, credit card debt, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if someone is thinking about saving for their future, what's the first step that they should take to create the positive, tangible growth? I, I think going back to what I just had mentioned, you know, first of all, we want to look at what are, the, are there any deficits? You know, do, we, do we have student loan debt? Do we have big credit card debts? That doesn't mean that, that we don't suggest saving any money at all. Um, I think the habit, if anything else, if, if someone can save literally $10 a month, that's a habit at least. Mm -hmm. um, but the majority in that case would be, you know, taking a look at, at getting rid of the risks, you know, the, the debt in that case, that's a huge risk. Um, you know, anything that that's going to cause a, a potential problem, you can, you can save a bunch of money, but if you have a, some type of a financial gap, um, you know, some issue that's going to cause a problem down the road, doesn't matter how much money you've saved, if it just gets wiped out, um, you know, I mean, do you, we're going to start with things like the, again, the risk management. So, you know, getting rid of the things that will hurt, you know, too much debt, credit card debt, whatever it is, 
Um, do you have simple things like the insurance space plans? You don't need life insurance, maybe if you have no, no children, but everybody needs to have some type of, you know, maybe a disability policy if you possibly can. Uh, uninsured motorist. That's a mm. small little thing that most people overlook. And I've had a couple of people impacted by that uh, this past year. Oh, you should have an uninsured motorist, but not focus on it. But that's, these are little things that should be looked at. Um, mm. And then as far as, you know, uh, with taking care of all that stuff at the same time, uh, we do want to look at, at starting to build out, uh, you know, a savings plan, you know, making sure that you have enough money in short-term you know, checking, savings, things like that for emergencies. You know, ideally you want to have up to three to six months, maybe six to nine months worth of living expenses if you can. And once you get that, then you can kind of build out over into the other, other plans. You know, you don't want to start running out looking for the big tech stock to double and triple your money. Uh, when you have no money saved for that, uh, you know, those new tires or something that may come up. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've talked to people about too. Again, most of my clients are business, but I have helped some individuals as well with saving some of their, you know, money. And I had someone that just kept saying, well, I'm just going to wait, you know, every year for my tax return, then I can use that, you know, for buying, you know, let's say you're the new tires, like you mentioned. And I was always saying, don't, count on that because tax rules change and things change and you might not have changed with the tax law and you may not end up with that, you know, the bigger refund that you're expecting and then you're kind of stuck. So start planning now and put that money away. And then if you get that money, great, you know, then you could also put that into savings, but don't just count on those tax refunds. That's right. That's right. Because like you say, things change or there's always going to be something where, you know, another bill where that refund gets taken out. Because you're building habits. Building habits, and mm -hmm. I tell everybody, you know, even if even if you're you know you're going to have to pull the money back out of your savings account in a couple of months for some bill that's coming, that's okay. Put it there. Mm -hmm. Put it there anyway. I mean, you're building your, that that muscle memory, those habits, and and uh, you know, put it the fifty dollars or the two hundred dollars aside, and then know you'll take it right back out. But mm -hmm. you know, at some point, you want to get to the, that that mindset of hey, once money goes here, I want to, I really want to leave it alone. Mm -hmm. So do you recommend that people, if they have the opportunity through their employer to, to have, you know, a 401k or simple or something, just automatically take that out of your paycheck first? Or do you just say, go ahead, even if you're doing it after your, you know, the payment that you've received and you're putting it away later, like, is there a balance between the two? Like, how would you coach someone in that area? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we're all kind of the same way. We, we kind of need a little bit of forced help along mm -hmm. the way sometimes. Um, so, and that's the beauty of a 401k. Or when you're younger, try to take advantage of a, maybe a Roth, Roth 401k or a Roth IRA, since maybe you may not be paying a lot of taxes today, not in a big high tax bracket today, uh, you can save money on a, on a tax-free basis, um, be able to take the money out tax-free down the road. Um, but again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that's the balance. You know, mm -hmm. Again, we want to make sure that Debts are paid. You want to make sure you have money in savings, checking, things like that. But the 401k, that is something that, that you would start simultaneously, even if mm -hmm. it's a small amount. Even if you're starting with, you know, one or two percent, um, it's the steps, the steps. Mm -hmm. And so you start that and, and with the goal in mind that you're going to jump up another one percent next year or maybe even in six months. Uh, maybe it's two percent, but you want to get to the point where you're maximizing uh, 401k contributions as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. 
especially with the fact that a lot of it's matched too. correct the employer also puts in for you yeah and that's it let me let me point that out to be fallacy um a lot of times people will say well i am i'm I'm maximizing and that what they mean is up to the employer match and that that employer match is just um you know that's icing on the cake basically that's extra stuff that's great the big benefit is you putting money aside that's that's it and so you want to ramp up and, and maximize uh, the amount of money that you're putting in so yourself. So don't worry about trying to get to the, the employer match, blow through that and keep putting more in, mm -hmm. ramp it up. So how does your approach differ between standard financial plans and more complex scenarios? You know, again, the kind of the chassis is, is the same, you know, uh, everybody, it doesn't matter someone who's a hundred million, has a hundred million dollars uh, estate, they're still going to, to look at the basics, the, the cash flow, the budgeting, things like that. Um, so everybody, everybody should be looking at those five ways to wealth, you know, mm -hmm. looking at, uh, you know, making smart money decisions, um, minimizing taxes, estate planning, insurance risk management, charitable. It's, it's the steps after that for the folks that uh, maybe have more complex, you know, a larger estate, or maybe they own multiple properties, or they own a, a business with a lot of moving parts. The mm -hmm. more moving parts, um, the more problems and issues they're going to they're going to pop up. Uh, a lot of times, they're not even aware of the things that are going on. Um, but but there's also more opportunities, you know. So the the more complex plans, it's just kind of like you, you do the base. Base chassis on, on a car, there's still four tires. Everybody has four okay. tires on their financial plan. It's just, you start to build up and get a little more complex, a little more sophisticated and, in, in, uh, you know, for, for those needs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you've shared a lot of information and tips and things that you need to be putting into your plan, uh, mm -hmm. but is there anything else in terms of for every single person, because I know everything is different. No two plans are the same, but is there something that's just universally beneficial uh, in terms of finance that you could share as a tip? Um, yeah, I, I think I'll go back to the the investing part. Um, every, especially in the last couple of years, everybody is hearing about these these meme stocks. They call them cryptocurrency, everything else, and I'm seeing more and more people are really have that mindset of of hitting the home run. With their money, mm -hmm. all heard the stories of, you know, someone invested a thousand dollars and it's now worth four million dollars. Um, just get that out out of, of your mind as much as you can. Do not rely on that. Play with some money, that's fine. Don't make that your base plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I tell everybody, uh, you know, home runs are great. Using the baseball analogy, home runs are are sexy. They're, they're really mm -hmm. exciting, um, but. Just hit singles, doubles, and play good defense, and, and that wins championships. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with investing and, and planning. Just do the basics really, really well, and um, and you're going to win the game. You're going to win right. the game. So, what about like estate planning and how that kind of goes into all of the financial planning as well? Do you recommend people create estate plans, that, or when is it not really needed? What would you just say, just to touch on that? Yeah, um, good question. So estate planning is just is simply, you know, making sure that the assets that you have are going to go to your loved ones. And um, I think everybody thinks in terms of, oh, I have to do a trust and I have to will and all this other thing. Uh, and it gets overwhelming and they don't want to sit down and, and even begin the planning process. 
estate planning also applies to the the 20 year old kid who has a checking account, Mm -hmm. you know, the checking account, maybe small savings, just simply making sure there's a beneficiary. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the very basics of estate planning. So just a, a, a transfer on death, a beneficiary on, on the bank accounts, or if there's an investment account, a 401k, whatever it is. Um, so everybody needs that. But as you start to, to build out and have more of a, of a complex or, or sophisticated estate, then yeah, you're going to need to start building, building in the living trusts, um, the will, power of attorney for finance and healthcare directives. And those things are going to take care of not only your beneficiaries, they're going to take care of you while, while you're alive as well. So you want to have continuity of, of control. And, and those four documents I just mentioned, living trust, will, power of attorney for finance, and a healthcare directive for medical, those things are going to allow um, you know, people to, you're going to name people to be able to step in and take care of you if you can't. You know, just right. going through COVID, uh, we're struck by lightning, whatever it is, you know, you may be in a hospital. It's not that you have to pass away, hate to talk about it, but it's not about passing away. It's about not being able to control your, your plans or, you know, mm-hmm. your, your daily functions. If you're in a coma, someone needs to step in and handle things for you. And that's what those documents will do for you mm-hmm. while you're alive. Well, this has been very informative. I know we're getting close to the end of the interview. So I want to ask if you have an offer that would you be able to share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So the financial planning, um, you know, again, I talked about how uh, it's, it's cost barrier can be there. Um, so we're right now uh, reducing things down to a $250 level. And that is looking at, at, um, starting off with the investment, making smart mind decisions. So the biggest thing that, uh, that we focus on for clients is, again, risk, fees, and taxes. Uh, it's not about trying to pick the best mutual fund or the best stocks. Um, it's just about you know, knowing where you are, making sure that you're comfortable. Do you have uh, the right risk level for you personally? Um, you know, can you sleep well at night? Because I'll tell you, a lot of the folks that, that we've spoken to that, so, you know, come in initially, like, oh, I'm, I'm more aggressive. You know, I want to, I want to get the highest returns. They're the ones that call first when the market starts getting hit. So you want to make sure that your investments uh, align with what your risk tolerance, your personal risk tolerance, your sleep at num- sleep well at night number. You want to mm-hmm. be able to identify that. You want to be able to identify um, what your your total risk number on your portfolio is. You know, how much how much risk is there? Uh, I've had people say, well, you know, I think I have a conservative dividend paying paying portfolio and things are good. Um, those are the same stocks that that have dropped 30, 40, 50 percent in the past, and that's not conservative. So you want to make sure that that things are in alignment, and uh, and then kind of figuring out well how much of return do you need to have to be successful, and. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if, uh, if you need a, a 4% return to be able to make it into and, and through retirement, but you're investing, trying to achieve a 15% return, there's a lot of room for error there and problems. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure those, those three areas line up. And, um, and so we take, take folks through a, a process using different technology and software programs that will try to pinpoint those different numbers. What's your comfort level? What's the current risk level on your portfolio? And what kind of returns do you need? So uh, right now, yeah. So right now we're, we're at least starting off with that and it's a $250, um, you know, cost to, to go through that program and make sure that you're getting it right. Because again, 
you don't want to be blindsided down the road and realize like right now with the market down, uh, geez, you know, portfolio is down 25 and I, I thought I had a conservative, you know, build. Mm -hmm. So uh, $250, but um, in addition to that, we're saying don't, don't send a check to us. We want you to pick a charity and send that $250 to your favorite charity. There's a lot of, a lot of trouble out there in this world right now. A lot of people are hurting and uh, this is a way that we can help make a difference. Nice. I like that. So if they want to connect with you, how do they reach out? Uh, my telephone number 562-346-3390. Most people are not going to just pick up the phone. So you can go to LathamWealth.com, L-A-T-H-A-M, uh, Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Uh, um, or you can email chris.latham at lpl.com, C-H-R-I-S dot L-A-T-H-A-M at L-P-L.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, Chris, for being a guest on my show and sharing your expertise on this topic. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Candy. Appreciate it. Sure. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in as well. I hope you found this topic interesting, answered some of your questions regarding financial planning for the everyday retiree. And if you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Chris at the links that he shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for our next episode, The Benefit of Morning Routines. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can also find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.